0: If you use a purple cabbage and you're sautéing it, let's say, if you put acid on it, it turns colors. It really turns into this really cool, like, hypnotic kind of color. So it's a fun experiment to show your kids if you have them squeeze the lemon on top and like, ooh, what's going to happen, right? So just make it kind of this fun experience for them. And maybe a little bit more game to try it.
1: Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids.
2: Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. If you'd like to support the podcast right now, how about leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen or sharing a favorite episode with a friend? These things really do help us grow our did I Just Feed You audience. So like help us help more people. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can subscribe to our bonus episode feed on Apple Podcasts or join our super fan community by visiting you.com backslash
1: community. You can also join our free community there, so you shouldn't only go there if you think you have to spend money. Our free community is an amazing place where we're sharing meal plans. Our listeners ask us questions about everything from our favorite cookbooks to what to do with beans and how to use up tahini, which is something we're going to actually answer today with our guest, Dini Klein of Prep and Rally. If you don't already know Dini, or Prep and Rally. Prep and Rally is a whole family
2: meal prepping community and subscription. Dini also has a cookbook of the same name. Today, we're going to ask Dini to answer some of our listeners' questions about using up ingredients and also ask for our own advice about using up leftover ingredients, too. But it's also nice to have someone who is like so embedded in the meal prep community as a guest, too, because... It's kind of been a minute since we talked about meal prep. We've talked about it in various episodes over the years. Like we had Tracy Benjamin of Shutterbean talk about meal prep. We had David Tamarkin, who's previously at Epicurious and now at King Arthur Baking, talk to us about the idea of intentional leftovers. We had Cassie Joy Garcia talk to us about um, cook once, eat twice as a concept. And Billis, you are back on your meal prep bullshit these days, for lack I of a better term. Am. How does that feel for you? How's that going?
1: It's great when I do it. So, you know, I did it for a couple of weeks in a row, and then I fell off a little bit. And for me, I w- I'm i in a different season of parenting than both you and Deanie. So I don't meal prep as much for dinner anymore. I'm meal prepping for my lunches at home. And honestly, even the kids' lunches, because... The kids on weekends, if we're home and they're not playing sports, they're like, what's for lunch? And if there isn't something that's ready and made and right there, they immediately open Uber Eats or like they want me to make it for them. And on the weekends, I don't want to be cooking three meals a day. You know, I feel like you can deal with your own breakfast. You can deal with your own lunches. And then I'll make dinner and I can take my time because they're older, they eat late, like we have different schedules. So having things that can easily be turned into lunch, salads and bowls and nice like things that reheat well, like chili, just really helps make lunches go smoothly, especially for me Monday through Friday. And I have noticed that when I don't do it, I mean, duh, this is like a dumb moment. But when I don't do it, I am (laughs) like rushing through my day and I'm really not eating good lunches and the kids are hitting Uber Eats or just literally snacking their way through the day. You know what I mean? Because they wake up late, they'll eat cereal or pancakes for breakfast, but breakfast is at like 1130 and then... It's 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, and then that feels like it's past lunch, so they just grab a snack. You know, it kind of, like, the whole day, I can't say unravel because it's a perfectly fine way to eat if that's what you want, but I do feel like I eat better lunches and I'm more comfortable with my kids eating in a way that sustains their energy over the course of a day on the weekend when I have prepped stuff. So I've been having a couple of, like, go-to things. I've been buying pre-cubed sweet potato and air frying that, like seasoning it and then air frying that because that's great for bowls. That's great in salads. I called them sweet potato croutons because I heard someone on TikTok do it. You know, the kids, (laughs) the kids. I buy pre-shredded cabbage. I buy pre-shredded Brussels sprouts. Again, I feel like those are all purpose. You can put them on heat. You can wilt them even just in a microwave. You can just eat them raw. You can put them in a bowl. You can make a salad out of them. I've been prepping quinoa for the week. Uh, I'll prep some chicken thighs, breasts, whatever. Just marinate them very quickly. And... Winter, winter chicken dinner. I have a great marinade that's kind of a brine, honestly, with lemon juice and oregano in it. But it's great because of the acid in the lemon juice and because it's a brine and has a high salt content. Something like a chicken breast or a chicken thigh needs at most at most thirty minutes in there, so it doesn't have to sit for a long time. I'll just like throw the chicken in there, and it's four ingredients. You whisk it in a bowl, throw the chicken in there, prep the quinoa get the sweet potato in the air fryer and then the chicken is ready to come out and go into the air fryer when the sweet potatoes are done. So just stuff like that that's kind of, you know, different components. It's very much in the spirit of what Dini does and yeah. in how she encourages her community to cook.
2: Like rough estimate how much time are you spending
1: doing prep on your weekend? Uh I'd say like an hour
2: maybe. Yeah. I ask that because I think there's still some of this like notion that meal prep is something you have to set aside two and a half to three hours for on the weekend to like no way. make it effective and <laughs> that like you really should be prepping all of your meals. So I love that you are like, I this is mostly for me. And like I don't have to worry about dinner because I can just cook dinner in real time on the on the weekend nights yeah and i think looking at like what is the biggest pain point for you as a cook in like your season of life like if you have little little kids and you're trying to get everybody out the door like maybe you don't even have to worry about dinner but like breakfast is the place to do a little bit more meal prep i just like this idea of like untying it from this idea that it has to be this huge ordeal every single weekend for you to like totally on
1: track so to speak totally And I think that people who are curious about or who prefer meal prepping to meal planning, not that you have to choose. You can do both. You can do neither. But if you kind of veer towards meal prep, I do think this idea of how do I use XYZ up comes up more because it is less prescriptive Mm -hmm. than meal plan cooking. I think a lot of people who are really good and consistent about meal plans have a recipe. One of the biggest complaints that we get about meal planning is that some people will be like, but that's not what I want to eat. Like I said, that's what I would cook on Tuesday, but that's not what I feel like eating. And I feel like people who are really great about being consistent with meal planning are people who ign- are able to ignore that urge And they just go through it. You know what I mean? Like you have a recipe. These are the ingredients you need for the week. You might switch around some things from one day to another day because that's not what you feel like or your schedule changes. But you have your list of ingredients. You shop for it. And then, of course, if there's something like buttermilk, which we talked to Dini about, you might get a big container and then find that you have leftover. But for the most part, you can buy for how you're going to cook. Whereas I think meal prep, is sometimes for people who want options and you can feel creative in one moment and then not so creative in another moment <laughs> you know like you you buy a whole bunch of sweet potato and you're like I'm going to do like x y and z with sweet potato and then you get to that day you know and you're like what wait what what was i going to make like i feel completely uninspired i mean that happens to us too it's hard time. to hold on to the idea because you have a million other things going on in your life right and you're like uh how do i use this tahini how do i use this quinoa that i batch cooked how do i use this so i think that i i see the thread between meal prepping and using it up like pretty clearly
2: yeah i also want to share that there is a meal planning aspect to using it up too like if you're yes. not a person who's going to meal prep the Lazy Genius calls this reverse meal planning. and I don't really feel like that's fair, but I always say this is like the first stop in my meal planning journey. Usually it's on Thursday because our trash comes on Friday, just like full disclosure. So I'm like <laughs> trying to get rid of things on Thursday yeah. night. So then I'm like writing down on our kitchen whiteboard, like, oh, these are the things that I need to use up. And Kendra sort of like takes it another layer of like maybe that, like maybe on Friday if she has time, she'll actually like roast the sweet potatoes or or whatever she needs to do to make sure that she uses up those ingredients. But this idea of like using things up doesn't have to come just from leftovers it, uh, of like cooked ingredients. It can also be from things that are just in your pantry that you haven't gotten to, or you bought with the best yes. of intentions, but you haven't used them because you moved your meal plan around. So it's really like, the use it up can be at the end of your meal prep cycle but it could also be at the start of your meal
1: planning journey too totally i like how you call it a journey
2: it is a journey Craig, do you not up. wait not to take us too far <laughs> off track but like some weekends it is a journey where i'm like okay Thursday, I'm going to start meal planning. And then it's like Friday and I actually haven't made any moves. And then it's like Sunday and I really need to place a grocery order and I still need to like it's never jot for down me. the ideas. I used to be a hard and like I used to say, oh, if it takes you more than 20 minutes to meal plan, you might be doing it wrong. Like that kind of person. And it's not that it takes me a lot of time. It's just that sometimes I'm like marinating on what totally I have to use up. And what is coming in the week ahead? And I, I can't fully, like, get my brain around it until yes. I can sit down with a cup of coffee on Sunday.
1: I get it. I don't think there's any right or wrong way. It's just not my approach. Like, it's like meal no. planning is absolutely not what I want to be thinking about. No. Like, I'm annoyed. I want it to be, like, a quick and dirty, like, all in one shot. Like, when I'm like, okay, I need to, like, order groceries. I'm like, okay, look in the fridge. This is what I have. I should make this with that. I should make this with that. Okay. Get on my computer. Might look up a couple of recipes. Done and done. Like, do the shopping on my computer and be done. Yeah. It's do like you the last thing I want to think about.
2: even feel sl- the slightest little bit of pressure is maybe not the best word, but it's the word I'm going to use. To... Have some things that you can share for what we're cooking and eating now episodes. Oh. That's a little bit. Some week, <laughs> some weeks I'm like, oh, we got a recording for what we're cooking and eating now. I can't just be like pasta for
1: three nights because I no, wasn't and now I feel like now you just planted a seed, an anxiety seed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. No. But it literally never happened. Okay.
2: Well, I can't relate. <laughs> Oh my God. Also, <laughs> oh, this might just be our different personalities on full display where <laughs> you're oh. like, you know, you've got it. You have that confidence. You're like, I don't even have to worry about what we're cooking now. And probably <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but like, I am right. And I'm like, oh my God. You got to do this. <laughs>
1: You're like, you guys, I do it for the you. pressure. I do
2: it yeah, for a little. You. Some sometimes, like I'm not even joking with you. I cooked another freaking crispy tofu recipe recently because I was like, "Well, I started it. We got to go down that <laughs> path and know which one is the best one." Okay, let me okay. not be like emotionally dumping on our whole audience on you, <laughs> and let's introduce. Let's let's, Dini let's do that and share some information that's actually useful. Deanie Klein is a food host and founder of Prep and Rally Family Meal Prep Subscription Service and the author of Prep and Rally, An Hour of Prep, A Week of Delicious Meals. Prep and Rally is Deanie's solution to getting a wholesome dinner on the table on those busy weeknights when juggling momming and work life feels almost impossible. She shares her creativity in the kitchen to help moms all over the world. You can find her as at Prep and Rally on all social media forums. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, Deanie? Dini, we're so excited to have you on the show today. We have a small series called that we call use it up where our listeners ask us how to make the most of everything from fresh produce to pantry staples. It's very similar in ethos to both your book and your meal prep community prep and rally. And, but you also have this really cool Instagram series called have this make that. So we are going to grill you today about some ingredients that need using up like from our community, from our own kitchens. But I love that have this make that All of Prep and Rally sort of has this theme of not zero waste, but like eliminating waste, reducing waste. So, can you talk about like how the whole Prep and Rally concept really helps you keep waste down in your own kitchen?
0: Yes. Well, I love this so much. And thank you so much for having me on. Um, I was so excited to discover you guys because, again, it's like so in line with what I do and what I believe in. Um, And like you said, it's not just about zero waste, it's really about maximizing your time, stretching your dollar. Uh, If you're already spending time in the kitchen making one dish, why not make a little bit extra and turn it into something completely new the next day, right? So you suddenly have two meals while you were already just prepping one meal. So it's really getting you to think creatively, think smart. I have an art background. I started in fashion. So that is really what led me to food is the creativity of okay, I have a little bit of rice left over, how could I turn it into something new for tomorrow? Or I'm already making the rice, let me make a double batch and today I'll make rice fritters and tomorrow I'll use it as a side dish for you know, my chili or something, right? Um, so it's really about just getting super duper creative and um, reinventing quote unquote leftovers that you've batch prepped um, and, and went into the week with um, an idea of what you're going to be preparing. So that you're reducing waste in the end.
1: I love your work because we've talked about this. We have an episode from like almost three years ago with David Tamarkin, who at the time worked at Megan was a gourmet Epicurious worked at Epicurious. And he was doing a series called intentional leftovers. And it was this, right. This concept. The thing is we can introduce the concept. You call it, you know, you prep and rally. He was intentional leftovers. We've talked about intentional leftovers, but, It can actually be kind of hard if you're not someone who's in the kitchen all the time who feels like an accomplished, creative cook to know when you have those moments, when there are these openings and to have a whole, you know, ethos built around this and helping people remember, like, it's always when you're making rice. It's always when you're making quinoa and to really give them a structure for knowing how to incorporate this concept into their cooking is so incredibly helpful.
0: No, I love that you said that because I literally dedicated an entire section in my cookbook to that exactly. And I always say my cookbook, I I didn't create it to just give you a set of recipes because you'll get bored of them and you'll move on and you'll find another book and whatever it is. I really wanted to build a guideline. I wanted to make a structure I wanted it to be a guidebook so that anytime you're feeling a lack of creativity or want to use something up or just don't know what to make, um, there's always something in here for you. And there's an entire section dedicated to leftovers. And in the, the beginning of the section, i say that leftovers really do have a bad rap because they do. A lot of people yeah. are like, I don't like leftovers. They gross me out. My kids won't eat it. But if you inject a little creativity into them, you would never know that last night's chicken turned into tonight's Flautas, right? Or maybe it's like a chicken chili that you've turned it into once you've like shredded the chicken. So I really wanted this book to spark some creativity and really get you to think creatively in the kitchen. And there's even a section on like, uh, in that leftover section, this essential repurposing method And I have cute little graphics where I I really want to make sweatshirts out of it. That's my next goal because I love this page so much. Like I want a sweatshirt with all of this so you never forget it, right? Um, But it basically says throw it in a taco shell, serve it in a bun, cook it in a casserole, stir it in an egg, cook it in a waffle maker, load it into a sandwich, blend it into a soup. So just essential methods and ways that you could potentially use something up. If you have some like roasted zucchini left over, blend it into a soup maybe. Or maybe you're making a sauce out of it or, or a pesto, right? So getting you to think creatively.
1: You're teaching people how to think about their cooking, not just giving them recipes. And then the cool thing about that is then people are empowered to go off and cook on their own with whatever they like. And like you said, we all get bored of our cookbooks. I mean, that's just the truth of it, right? But now you have a framework for how to do it on your own with new recipes you like or new ingredients that you discover.
0: Yeah, because otherwise cooking is a chore. If you just have to follow, I can't imagine following a recipe and I develop recipes. I write my own recipes, but I don't even like following my recipes. (laughs) I like being creative and not everyone has that. But knowing the fundamentals and getting more confident in the kitchen and practicing and trying it out and not following the book and just like taste testing on your own and doing a little sprinkle of this and that, you slowly build the confidence and It'll just make being in the kitchen so much more enjoyable when you're not confined to a recipe or a book.
2: You are in good company here because we are also always cooking from the hip. But we also know that we have community members and listeners who like they will never never find joy in cooking like it is always just a chore for them and what I love about this concept is like okay you don't have to look at the like leftover containers in your fridge and feel like oh I have to be inspired I need something to spark joy when you have a framework where you're like okay I can just add an egg to this or I can add this one pantry staple And make something delicious out of it without having to, like, have that joy and creativity all the time. Because I think we all run out of it from season to season. Okay. So then we want to, like, put some real-world questions up against your framework and your tools for repurposing leftovers. And some of them we've come up with from, like, our own kitchen. But also we have a couple community ones. And I want to start with one. That's from our listeners community. Lynn Flores asked a while ago about our favorite hummus recipes, specifically because she says, I have two jars of tahini in my pantry that were bought at some point to make hummus. Would love any tried or true ideas to use them up. So your best ideas for using up tahini in
1: meals.
0: Oh, it's such a good ingredient. I find that it's everywhere these days. Um, you could find it in cookies, sweet, savory. It's really everywhere and it's such a great pantry staple because if you don't wanna use like a mayo to thicken up a dressing, tahini is a really great way to add that thickness, that creaminess, uh, and it adds such a great pop of flavor. So I love adding tahini to salad dressings. You could just do some lemon juice, olive oil, salt, pepper, a little bit of tahini and maple syrup if you want to sweeten it, and it's just so simple, so delicious. So that's a great way to use it up, just make a nice big batch of salad dressing. Um, In my cookbook, I actually have a crazy kitchen sink cookie, which is my favorite cookie recipe in the world, and there is soy sauce, miso paste, and tahini in the recipe and the whole concept came about because i was just like going through my pantry and i was like well, i was really trying to figure out what i could add to these cookies to use up ingredients that i already had at home and i was like okay soy sauce i feel like that'll give some like kind of umami salty kind of interesting flavor to it it almost tastes like a heath bar it is so flavorful and so good so you could definitely use up some of your tahini Um, in that cookie and sub it out for like a peanut butter anywhere you would use an almond butter Um, in a recipe you could use tahini so especially if you have any kind of allergies tahini is a really great ingredient if you can't have peanut butter or almond butter
2: yeah i'm thinking about even like a almost a peanut sauce where you're using like some garlic chili sauce some of that soy sauce to coat noodles as a great way to use it up and then also i think is kind of an underrated nut butter for smoothies, too. Oh, yes. It's so
0: good in smoothies. I've even seen people drizzle it over ice cream.
2: Oh, yum. I have not done that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a magic shell where you, like, put it over your ice cream and it kind of, like, hardens a little bit. It's so good. My friend Adina Sussman posted a reel about that a while ago. you seen that? Yes. Because also
1: there's a Michael Solomonov has a restaurant in New York City, Laser Wolf. And they do a tahini magic shell uh, for dessert, and also uh, I'm Greek, so halva is a very popular Ugh, dessert too. And I was just thinking, making a halva flavored ice cream would probably be really delicious Ooh, too. Instead of using so it to drizzle good. it on the ice cream, like using tahini in ice cream would probably yeah. be delicious.
0: A hundred percent. You could even put it in like a mac and cheese if you want to make it like a little bit thicker and creamier. You can just Ooh, use it as a wow. creamy kind of thickening agent in a way. And it's a little bit, it's a little tricky because it does get super thick really fast. So a lot of times you just have to add some water or um, some lemon juice to thin it out. Um, but, but you can always add liquid if it gets too thick or if you need to make it thicker, you can always add more tahini. But it's such a good ingredient. I love it. And even the roasted vegetables, like a lot of times I'll just roast a vegetable and I'll just sprinkle some tahini, some lemon juice, salt, pepper, like a little bit of olive oil. And it's just so flavorful. And it gives it that creamy mouthfeel that really completes a dish.
1: Yes. Yeah. Even just a dip, like a little lemon juice and garlic. Yes. You probably mm-hmm. need a little water to thin it out, but it's a delicious dip. And I know like kids, you know, you don't have to use it to make hummus. You could skip the chickpeas even. Right. And it's exactly. really delicious. Also
0: baba ganoush. Have you guys ever made baba ganoush where you oh, just yes. char yeah. some eggplant? So I'll do that all the time. I'll char eggplant. of blend it up or just mash it up to leave it like sort of textured add a little bit tahini in there again lemon juice salt pepper like most of my recipes are very simple olive oil salt pepper sometimes a little bit of maple syrup to sweeten um some citrus because you really just want to balance those flavors the fat and the um the saltiness and you want some acid in there and as long as you know how to balance all of those things you'll have a winning dish i truly believe it
1: totally I, you know, talking about the creamy texture of tahini made me think have either of you guys ever used it to? bring like a meatball together or some sort of like Ooh. patty it could be a probably a grain patty too like but it almost. just occurred to me yeah I wonder if we could do that I'm curious only
2: in like a s- pseudo falafel like with chickpeas adding mm-hmm. it as like both a flavor enhancer because it brings so much like yummy sesame flavor to that and also as a thickener but not on its own it's not thick enough to like hold those mashed chickpeas together I think I even
0: used some in my hold on I don't even remember I think I yes oh my goodness I have a veggie burger recipe I knew it was in here yeah there we go a relaxing veggie burger recipe and I tested so many veggie burgers I wanted one full meal plan in the cookbook that was fully vegetarian and there are always ways to modify in the beginning of each meal plan I show you how to do that if you want to make it vegetarian or gluten-free but i wanted one menu to be completely vegetarian and i didn't want to use tofu because i feel like tofu was always the like vegetarian option yes right totally. so, yes. Like, i'm gonna do away with tofu everyone can replace tofu if they want um, but we did these vegetarian sheet pan fajitas which have artichokes and um sauteed peppers and onions in it which is so yummy so that's kind of like your your filler So the artichoke, I wanted artichoke hearts because if you slice it, it kind of looks like chicken. Um, So that was the idea there. And you could put in an almond tortilla to give you some more protein if you want. Uh, But then there's these veggie burgers with a chipotle lime crema, and they are so good. And I wanted to create a veggie burger that wasn't gummy. I wanted my kids to love it. So I added a bunch of cheese in there, and then I added things like um, tahini, soy sauce, there's some garlic powder in there, rolled oats because it gave it like a good texture. Um, I really played around with them for a while because I wanted it to feel, look um, and taste like a a really good burger and adding those sort of umami flavors. And there's like two tablespoons of tahini in the in the recipe. There you go.
1: You were a genius and you didn't even know it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Kids are such a good litmus test for bean burgers, too, because they'll tell you straight up. They'll be like, no, this is not it. Okay, so here's a here's another use it up, which comes from my own kitchen. We have this sort of joke on didn't I just feed you that I will buy a head of cabbage and then it seems like even if I cut it in half and use half of it and put the other half back like something happens in the fridge that that other half like grows bigger (laughs) and like Uh, I feel like uh. I can never fully use it up and it's not something that my kids love love like we eat it as slaw a lot or I'll add it to salads for like a little more heft but what are some of your favorite ways to use up a head of cabbage that never seems to stop growing?
0: yeah so i actually did a meal prep this week from the cookbook where i had these roasted cabbage wedges so you basically cut it into wedges and you just roast it with some olive oil salt pepper you get it really nice and crispy and charred Um, and then i had this grown-up ketchup recipe which again has tahini in it it's a mixture of ketchup tahini curry powder and lime juice sounds crazy it is the most delicious sauce. Um, so you drizzle that all over it and you serve it with these kufta burgers. I posted it on my Instagram last night because um, I prepped it all on Sunday and then I rallied last night. I just got to like put it all together in like a few minutes flat. Um, but those are so yummy. And even my son Solomon, who's three, he was like sitting next to me while I was just nibbling at it while it was still cold. I hadn't even put it in the oven yet. Um, and he saw me eating it and he's like, I tried that. And I was like, okay. So I gave him a little bit and he was into it. He like kept oh, going cute. back for more. And it just shows you like kids will surprise you sometimes. You may think they don't want it or sometimes they'll ask them if they want something um, and they may say no, but you may be surprised the next day they will. It just depends on the context. So I love doing roasted cabbage. And then at the end of the week, if you have a lot of leftover cabbage or like in the meal plan, you make a big bunch of cabbage. At the end of the week, you chop it all up um, and you make this like cheesy cabbage bake. It's really yummy. You could even turn it into fritters. Yeah. So it was like eggs and cheese in there. Um, And you bake it and you cut it into squares. So it's almost like a quiche in a way. Super yummy. Um, It really goes well with eggs. I know it's kind of surprising. uh, When I was working as a private chef, I cooked for this client who loved sauteed cabbage. And then you just whisk an egg and you fry it all together with a little bit of soy sauce and a little sesame oil. Try that next time. It is so good. And even the kids love it because it's like salty from the soy sauce. That's like one of my Secret weapons for cabbage.
2: It reminds me of that, I'm going to forget the name of it, the like Japanese, it's almost like a fritter, giant pancake, and you often oh, see it serve. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. thank you yes. for that word. Yes, all of those flavors go it's so well really together. It's really
1: good,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could either turn into like a cheesy kind of situation. I even saw a friend of mine last night, she boiled a head of cabbage, so she like made it pliable, kind of like making stuffed cabbage. But instead of putting your classic like Greek, um, you know, the rice and meat mixture, she went the dairy route and she made like stuffed shells. So like ricotta, cheese, spices, rolled it in cabbage and baked it with more cheese and sauce on top. So like that's that's so smart. I thought it was so smart. And I feel like kids would really like it.
2: Cabbage for the
0: veggie haters. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's all about just trying it in different ways because you can make it soft. You can make it super crispy, crunchy, like in a slaw. Um, As I mentioned, Adina Sussman, she has a recipe for like a melted cabbage, she calls it, where you cook it really low and slow and it gets so soft, falls apart, super sweet. So it's really what you do with it. If you braise it, if you just give it a quick sear, if you're roasting it, um, I think it's just such a versatile, underrated vegetable. Yes. I love it. Which is why I continue to buy it. Yeah, it's so good. And it also lasts forever in the fridge. So, like, if, like you mentioned, so if you buy it, especially during COVID, I feel like tofu and yes. cabbage were the things that I was buying because like I didn't have to keep going to the grocery store. So I would just buy it in bulk and it lasted months. It's great.
1: <laughs> what I love about cabbage too is that you can use it in so many different form factors. So you can use the whole leaf the way you would for the shells or for any kind of stuffed cabbage. You can cut it into bigger pieces for a stir fry where it really takes center stage. You can shred it up and put it in a bake. You know, you can melt it if you cook it long enough and you shred it really fine. So I feel like there's all different ways that you can introduce cabbage to kids because it's not just versatile as a flavor component. It's also versatile in how you can actually cut it up.
0: And Definitely. Use it. And it takes on such different flavors depending on what you're doing to it. So if you're having it raw, it tends to be a little more like sharp and spicy in a way, um, especially as you get closer to the core. But if you're cooking it low and slow, it really gets sweet. It's like it's crazy. I grew up eating cabbage soup you know, like a beefy cabbage soup with like a hunk of bread. My mom used to call it for dinner. I I loved it growing up. And I remember as she was cutting it, I would always like take the cores and like nibble on the cores. I loved the core.
1: So good. And I really like a sturdy cabbage, but I just want to give a shout out to Napa cabbage also. Yes. Because it's a little bit softer. It does. You don't need to cook it quite as long. It's great, especially in raw preparations, especially if you have kids who are texture sensitive. It's something fun to play with, too.
0: Texture is everything with kids. Um, and one more thing about making cabbage fun for kids. If you use a purple cabbage and you're sauteing, yes. it, let's say, if you put acid on it, it turns colors. It really turns into this really cool, like, hypnotic kind of color. So... It's a fun experiment to show your kids if you have them squeeze the lemon on top and like, ooh, what's going to happen, right? So just make it kind of this fun experience for them and maybe there'll be more game to try it.
2: Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a
1: fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year.
2: Not only is By Heart an easy to digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem Your Welcome offer at buyheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's buyheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. You know
3: how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
1: Okay, I'm going to jump in with one from my pantry. I feel like tahini was a good one because tahini tends to come in larger packages. And I think a lot of people buy tahini thinking that they're going to make hummus or a dressing, and then they have a ton left over because you can use it kind of sparingly, to be honest. Megan, because I know you have ideas too on this one, (laughs) but I will buy buttermilk mostly just to make a dressing usually or to make like fried chicken. I'm not a huge baker. So I know Megan, Megan is a baker by trade. So I know that she's going to jump in with baking ideas, but I would love some new ideas for savory applications for buttermilk.
0: Interesting. I have to say I rarely buy buttermilk. And if I would, it would probably just be for like a pancake. But I know that you can get a very similar buttermilk flavor and texture if you just add some like acid to milk, yes. right? That's almost just like a little acidic and curdly, which I find kind of weird. Um, so I always <laughs> figure it if for some, I hate curdled things like cottage cheese, I can't eat. It's like one of my few foods I cannot eat because it's like okay. curdle.
1: <laughs> I need to say something about this because I'm a huge cottage cheese fan and I just saw somebody. OK, I was going to act. I was going to say somebody and not and pretend like I didn't know who it was. But I'm just going to call myself out and tell you that it was <laughs> Bethany Frankel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stacy's real housewives addiction no way, coming to light here. So OK, funny.
1: so Bethany Frankel was like, I know you guys don't like cottage cheese and I know it's the curdle, but apparently <laughs> friendship <laughs> has a whipped cottage cheese. I've seen that. I have not seen it. I don't mind the curdles, so like I've never been on the lookout, <laughs> but I thought this was so interesting. It has all the flavor without the curdles, and I love the flavor. So like I want you to pick it up one day. I want you to do that.
0: You know what? I- we like to I challenge each other on this <laughs> You know what? I love that.
2: I feel like we do have to get back to the buttermilk because I know that <laughs> yeah. Stacey's not alone <laughs> in like buying it for a specific thing, and maybe you use a cup because you're making biscuits or you're making a bread and then needing to find another way to use it up and your suggestion about like not buying it and just doing the it's like for every cup of buttermilk you need you do like a cup of milk and then you can add lemon juice or apple cider vinegar just depending on like what the flavor or vibe is that you're going for and you let it sit and then you can use it the same way i buy buttermilk like i buy a quart almost every week because we make biscuits so often that's that's amazing to me wow and Not just marinade for chicken. Like, I think that's what people think that's the only way you can use it. But You can make really delicious pork chops with a marinade of buttermilk and, like, some lemon juice and a little bit of cumin in there. And it's really, really delicious on the grill. Also, just all kinds of sauces, not just ranch. I was just going to say. How much I love yeah. like a buttermilk ranch, but even like a horseradish dressing, if you're doing like steaks or something beefy and you want that horseradish flavor, I feel like it just um, umps, amps, <laughs> it amps up the the lemon flavor in horseradish It's like sauce. a zing, right? Yeah. Mm, yes. And yep. I, I love it so much there. And then I'm so like, I've never done this, but I'm so curious now, you know Jamie Oliver, this is probably like 10 years in food media, 10 years ago in food media, Jamie Oliver's like chicken and milk was like the biggest thing. Like everyone was braising their whole chickens in milk. I wonder, I feel like you could totally do that with buttermilk and then you and like add a bunch of lemons in there and some thyme and would make the most delicious like buttermilk, almost yogurt flavored Chicken. interesting You're, because
0: marinated chicken and yogurt like an indian style chicken like it helps tenderize yeah, thinking and, that too. totally yeah. and for me i actually happen to be kosher i don't know if you guys know that so i don't oh. even mix milk and meat maybe that's why i don't use buttermilk because that i wouldn't yeah, use buttermilk for yeah. fried chicken that's probably why so the only reason why i would use it is either for like a dressing or yes. for like a baked good and in that yes. case i could always just add some extra lemon to like milk that i already have that is probably why
1: Totally. That makes so much sense. Um, Megan, have you ever used buttermilk in a cheese sauce? No. For like, because like I was thinking like a baked potato, like a broccoli and mm. cheese sauce, baked potato, maybe use a little buttermilk.
2: I think my concern is that the acidity would break the sauce. Even if you're thickening it with a roux, I just think that it would be like a little bit too acidic with the cheese It mm. not break it completely might lead to like a grainy little curdling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There was this
0: one recipe from my book that I had the hardest time with because it kept breaking like that with the acid. It's a, um, it was basically in the, in the leftover section of the book. It's a salmon, like a lemony salmon pasta. It is so delicious, but it took me so many tries to get it perfect so that it wouldn't break, but you basically take leftover salmon and you flake it into this yummy, Uh, pasta you put peas in it and it's creamy lemony sauce um but again like i started with a roux, um and then it's like you add milk and you make it really creamy oh and there's actually a tablespoon of tahini in there oh my goodness
2: i was wondering
0: like with that lemon
2: flavor in that pasta sauce if that's a place where you could use like Maybe not replace all of the milk with buttermilk, but do, like, 50-50, especially since you don't have the cheese proteins to compete with. And that would be so good with the salmon. Salmon with, like, a buttermilk sauce or, oh, yum. like, like a cream low sauce. and slow braised with buttermilk would be so, so good, too.
0: Totally. But, yeah, I think if you can marinate your chicken in it, like, that's supposed to be amazing. Like, I always do it with, like, a coconut yogurt since I can't use, like, dairy. But you basically marinate Chicken in a really yummy yogurt sauce. You could add some curry in there, lots of really good spices, let it marinate for like an hour or two and then grill it. Oh my gosh, so good.
2: Okay. I want to challenge you a little bit because I know that like you do a very good job using up Whole Foods. And like Prep and Rally uses a lot of like really nutrient dense Whole Foods to make really, really delicious meals. And then there are some of us who have like a shortcut things or more like highly processed things in our kitchens that need to be used up. So I, we all do. Okay. So the first one, I want to like challenge you a little bit, because I know you have like a whole prep series too on your Instagram where you do basics like making homemade salad dressings. But like, if you're someone who has bought a salad dressing in a pinch and you don't love it like for eating on your salads or maybe someone's like brought a generously brought a salad over and they brought a bottle of dressing that like you're never going to use on your on your daily weekly salads what is a great way to either dress up or just use up a bottle of store-bought dressing
0: I mean I think marinade is always the best way to go like if you really hate it it's not going to Really get any better no matter what you do with it. It's like there's like fenugreek in there or something, and you hate fenugreek. I would just either toss it or I don't know, because you're not going to love it anymore if you already really dislike the flavor, no matter what you do to it. But if you're just not loving it as a salad dressing, but you still like the flavors, totally marinate your chicken in it. um, You can jazz it up by adding like make it creamier. You could add some mayo to it, you could add some tahini to it, like we said. You could even add like some yogurt to it to make it more of like a dip for veggies, make it creamy. Yeah, but a marinade is a great way to just jazz up a a salad dressing. And there's such similar ingredients, right? It's just spices, sometimes a little bit of acid. You want to be careful not to marinate for too long if there is an acid in there because that can like mess with your protein if you marinate it for too long and like a, like a, a lemon or, you know, some sort of acidic uh, component. Yeah, apple cider
2: vinegar. I think of all my mom. This is very 90s cooking culture. My mom would buy like the wishbone dressing and yes. like, marinade, marinate like, everything. Family pack of chicken breasts in it. Yes. And it would just like live in our fridge for the whole oh. week. And she'd like take yes. out a couple to cook for herself or like try to turn it into fajitas for us. And we were like, this chicken is weird.
0: This uh. is weird <laughs> chicken. Weird. <laughs> but she was trying but I totally get that though. Anytime you could buy something, like I have a recipe for this really yummy, it's like a ramen noodle chicken bake. I posted it in reels on my Instagram and it's just teriyaki sauce with some ramen noodles. You throw some chicken pieces in there. You could do edamame, you could do broccoli um, and you bake it off and it's so simple and you do nothing. You literally just throw the sauce on it. So anytime you can find a store-bought sauce, such a great shortcut if there's already the minced ginger in the sauce and you already have the soy sauce in it, you already have the sesame oil like it saves you so much time it's obviously not going to be as inexpensive as doing it at home yourself or as fresh and homemade uh, but it's a great shortcut if you're ever able to find a good quality dressing or a sauce or marinade um, it's a really good way to to get ahead
1: I also think remembering that you can dress more than just salad. Like, you can dress your roasted vegetables. You can finish your meat with it. Yes, grain bowls. Like, there's so much that dressing can do. If you try something you've made and it's a little bit bland, like, I don't know, think about that dressing. Like, could a little splash or stirring it in. I've never done this, but, like, I don't know, even, like, a vegetable soup, you know? it, It won't work all the time, but just be willing to think, beyond like a dressing belongs on salad.
0: Yeah, 100%. Grain bowls are a great way to like use up little bits of food that you have in the fridge. So if you have a little bit of quinoa, a little bit of roasted sweet potato, I have a little bit of broccoli. I have a tiny bit of chicken. I'm going to slice it up and top it with an amazing sauce. And you have like a really great restaurant-worthy grain bowl. Um, And it's a super healthy and fast meal for lunch. I always say when you're meal prepping for the week, not only are you getting dinners with the prep and rally meal plans, but you're also getting leftovers usually for lunch. So you just have to get creative, mix and match. And it's faster than getting a bowl of cereal out because you're literally just like taking stuff out of the fridge, throwing it in a bowl, boom, you're done. If you have a really great ranch or a really great green goddess dressing waiting for you in the fridge, you're more likely to take out, you know, some quick salad components or grain bowl components and top it with that. And it really just elevates the whole dish. It's all about the sauce. Stacy is the queen of
2: meal prepping a salad dressing. Um, she's more the meal prepper of the two of us. My, my one thing that I prep every, every week for my family is like a sweet tree because I'm a baker.
1: All right. Before we get off, I want to know, can you just name your top three ingredients that you think are so versatile that you love to buy like every single week or nearly every week because you feel like even if I don't have a plan, even if I don't prep it or if I do prep it, I can just use this in so many different ways.
0: Definitely. So I don't necessarily need to buy it every week because they last longer, but Mm. I would say my staple like pantry ingredients, I would say maple syrup because that's how I love to sweeten everything. And I Mm -hmm. also find that it like, it incorporates easily. It's not like sugar that has to dissolve or like honey that doesn't move and you need to heat it, which is annoying. Maple really dissolves nicely and easily into dressing sauces. It's great for baked goods, sweet, savory. So maple syrup is definitely my choice for sweetening. Soy sauce, and I would say rice wine vinegar. I just love the flavor. I make pickled veggies out of it. It's easy to source and find. Mm -hmm. it's always readily available. My kids love it in like sesame noodles. And that's, like, a good zip and tang to, like, you could put on re- chopped vegetables with some salt and pepper. My kids love it. Um, so I would say those are definitely, like, pantry staples. In terms of fridge staples, I mean, yogurt is always just a staple. Because, yes. again, you can make, like, a tzatziki sauce. You could, you know, obviously make parfaits for breakfast, mm-hmm. um, sauces there's so much Smoothies. to do with it. Smoothies, yeah, Cakes, Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, that's good protein. Like I buy Greek yogurt all the time. That's just really good. protein. Make even
1: a glaze, like a nice little glaze for like a pound cake or a little totally. homemade like snacking cake. cake. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. And it's good in baked goods also. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally.
0: So yeah, it's a yogurt, something we always have at home. Always. And like a teriyaki sauce is really good. Um, there's mushroom from Trader Joe's that I really like. And it's just, it makes a really good, easy dinner. Again, you can just like marinate some chicken in it and grill it off. And you have like a really good family friendly meal. So, like kids always love it. So things that are foolproof, that are full family approved are usually things yes. that we buy every week. And then eggs. I also have a section dedicated to eggs in my cookbook because when you don't have time to meal prep, we're all human, we're all busy. You know, even me who like works in food and is constantly recipe testing and developing and enjoys being in the kitchen. Most days I'm like exhausted and like I don't know what the heck to make for myself or my kids. So yes. I just make eggs and I always have 3 dozen ready to go at any given time cuz you can make so many things out of eggs whether it's sweet, savory, all the things. So always yes. buy eggs.
2: Love it. Thank you so much for joining us. This was like surprisingly as fun as we knew it would be useful.
0: Thank you guys. This was really fun chatting. We need to hang out more often. This was really <laughs> yes. fun. Yes.
1: All right, Megan, Stacy, we had such a fun time with Dini. Yes. And we got like really deep, especially into Tahini. <laughs> yes. That we didn't even get to ask her about every single listener question. So let's just take a couple more because I feel I we like promised we yep, that this was about your most asked about ingredients. So KDM asked us a question in our community. And before I tell you, I'm just going to give a shout out to our community members. If you guys want us to answer your questions and mention you on air, you have to join the community. (laughs) It's all in the free part. So KDM said, what do I do with overripe bananas? For example, is there a good banana muffin recipe that doesn't turn out spongy. And I just want to say, Megan, I don't want to just stick to banana bread and banana muffins. We gave a bunch of uh, recipes in the community. So if you want that, you can go to the community and find KDM's question. But I want to talk about what else we can do with ripe bananas.
2: That's not banana bread or banana. muffins. Yeah. Sorry. I want it to be or different. banana
1: cookies or OK, have no. you ever made banana milk? No. I've been so curious. I think you should do it. I want to make banana milk, which okay. also makes me think of banana. What's it called? nice ice cream? Is that? Yeah. Like the
2: faux ice cream with bananas. Yeah. Which I feel like it ebbs and flows. Like people people are really into it or they're like really hating on it. They're like, it's not ice cream. But like, it's not it's but- really kind of delicious as its own I- thing. Totally agree. And also it's
1: quick. Right. Freeze yeah.
2: bananas, which is like and the like, first thing, right? Like overripe bananas. My default is put them in the freezer. Yes. I can figure out what to do with them later. Yep. But what are your favorite flavors of ice
1: cream? Oh, you know, the ones where I add a, like a whole bunch of sugar, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's chocolate banana peanut, is a big yes. one, but I like chocolate peanut butter. Me too. I like coffee, like chocolate coffee. Just mm-hmm. add a little bit of brewed coffee to that or cold brew if you have it in the fridge. Um, what else? What do you like? There is this trend right now I feel like we just
2: have to acknowledge. I mean, we're recording a couple of weeks ahead because of vacations and whatnot. But there's this thing happening on Instagram and TikTok right now where people are making what they're calling banana coffee, which is seems more like smoothie adjacent to me because it's literally like ice Frozen bananas and coffee. But everyone who's trying it is like, oh, my God, it's so good. Tastes like a frozen latte. Has like smoothie vibes to it. Which that's like my primary thing outside of banana bread. So we're not allowed to talk about that is smoothies. Like I just freeze bananas and throw them in smoothies for thickening them, for sweetening them. You could go a hybrid and do like ice cream, bananas
1: and make like a shake. Dare I say yep. a banana pudding shake? I also love cooked bananas. So like any kind of like quick and dirt, you could do like a proper bananas fosters or you could just like kind of wing it. Like a little butter, a little maple syrup and or brown sugar, a little cinnamon if you want and just saute. And I'm kind of curious you guys about just putting an overripe banana, it depends on how overripe. If it's really super like deep, dark spots all over, it might just fall apart. But what about putting a just overripe banana in the air fryer? Mm. Like I've made plantains, sweet plantains in the air fryer and it works great. So I love that because I can put cooked bananas on pancakes, on French toast, on ice cream, on yogurt, on, I just love it. I know you're not into cooked fruit, so. I'm not, but like, and specifically bananas.
2: But people do also like, it's sort of like a camping treat where you take a banana and you split it in half and you grill it or put it in the campfire in foil with Mm -hmm. like chocolate chips and crushed peanuts or whatever inside of it. And then you can serve that with ice cream. So it's like uh, an
1: ice cream sundae or just like eat it on its own. Yep. You can use a mashed overripe banana to make a baked oatmeal. You can mash it into any oatmeal, of course. But if you want to like you have a couple of bananas and you want to like use it up in one recipe that just then is ready for you, baked oatmeal is great. And also like snack bites or protein bites. You can mash a banana into those. I feel pretty certain we have like a breakfast cookie
2: that uses a mashed yep. banana and oats in our did I Just Feed You recipe archive. Um, and I do like like an oatmeal cookie sweetened with banana with chocolate chips and peanuts in it. It's,
1: it's Yum.
2: good. Yum. Yum. Also, like, I know you said no banana bread, but there are like snacking cakes. Yes. That are either sweetened with banana or flavored with banana and an ultra ripe banana is a great place to
1: use that and a soft granola bar a lot of recipe sites that cater to families have different granola bar recipes you'll find that mashed banana is used in a lot of those in pancake batter Mm, banana pancakes yes
2: Mm -hmm. or waffles Or waffles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is good.
1: I love it. Do we have like a good savory application for a banana? that's such a great question. I really don't, but I feel like I want us to come up with something really quick. I know. I'm like, can you make a sauce? Ugh, that does not sound good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's personal. But wait, there is somewhere I have gone. Was it in Peru. There was somewhere where we ate, oh my gosh, it's like slowly coming back to me. Was it in Portugal? It was banana and steak. Oh my gosh, I have to look it up right now. Okay.
2: I was going to say fritters are a thing that come up when you talk about savory, sweet banana applications. So that's kind of interesting to me. I I don't know if I could go full savory fritter with a banana in it, but something like, cornbread mix with a banana in it fried in like a little ball and then served with hot honey actually does sound really good to me. That does sound good to me too. Oh, you know what I forgot about? This is not scary. Okay. <laughs> Those classic like half a banana on a popsicle stick frozen and dipped in chocolate. My kids when they were little used to go bananas. But
1: I'm <laughs> for. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Those are delicious, too. Yes. <laughs> I want banana fritters now, you guys. I know. We so it seems it. like we're in sweet. Oh, what about just like a banana split? You guys just like make a banana split. Is that not yeah. our banana cream pie or mm. like vanilla wafers, whipped cream and sliced ripe banana? Like you can even mash it into the whipped cream or cool whip or something and just Nilla wafers like as a quick kind of fake banana cream pie dessert. That would be really fun. Okay. What other ingredient? Can we do one
2: more real quick? Yes. Okay. So this is from Patty. Patty C. Who's in our community, but also my in real life BFF. We were going back and forth. And I feel like I relate to this also. So I hope that you'll be helpful. She says, sometimes we have like a serving of box mac and cheese left over, and I feel bad throwing it out. So I always say, save it. What can I do if my kids won't eat it reheated? This is true in my life. Ella loves boxed mac and cheese and I'll make it and she'll have like one or two servings. And then there's like a weird, like not full serving. And she also does not want to eat it just straight up. I know it's boxed mac and cheese and it'd be like easy to count it as cheap and just throw it away, but we gotta have a good idea.
1: I mean, mac and cheese balls are a thing in catering, right? So, like, in taking from Dini, whisk an egg, mix it in with the mac and cheese, and then, like, use your hands to kind of press it into a ball and coat it with breadcrumbs and air fry it. You'd probably only get a small amount, but it'd be good for a lunchbox.
2: Yeah. That reminds me that you can do something similar and do like the mini cups, like in a muffin tin,
1: yeah.
2: an egg, bake them. Maybe you add a little bit more cheese on top and then that would be really good to eat at room temperature in a lunchbox too.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of risotto balls. You know what I mean? Like when you have leftover rice or risotto. Um yeah. And then with risotto balls, I mean, this might be too ambitious. But if you really want to extend it with risotto balls, you can sometimes add a little bit of sautéed ground meat or peas. Mm-hmm. You can maybe do like a quick little sauté, depending on how much you have left over. And you could stuff the mac and cheese balls, or you could even put another like a cube of mozzarella cheese in the middle. So it gets extra cheesy. I love What that. else? Is there anything else we can do? Mac and cheese salad. Ooh, mac and cheese salad. Is that gross? Is, is that like, like, I'm thinking wait, like hamburger salad. Is that gross? No, yeah.
2: No, that's a not really it. I know. It would probably be good, especially if you did a chili mac or like a hamburger helper, like you sauteed some ground beef and then had that all over a salad, which uh, honorable mention, because that should be enough, like a small serving. You could totally make like chili mac with that or even make. Like a chili mac inspired soup with like some ground beef, canned tomatoes, canned beans, and throw that in as like just a little bit of pasta in the soup. I was also going to say, is it weird to like put it in a quiche or a frittata or something?
1: It's also hard because it depends how much you have left over. I'm thinking about like there being one little serving or like a half a serving. So I'm thinking like, is this something you just make? you turn into an after-school snack or you turn into a lunchbox meal. Mm. Because realistically, is there enough to turn it into another casserole? Even if you add ground beef, there'll be like five noodles. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what it means? <laughs> that's made?
2: very true. Yeah, in my mind, it's like the deli container, the little 16-ounce deli container Isn't size. Isn't that like a whole box? <laughs> I feel like that's all no. a box makes. A box okay, makes okay, like wait. double that. Though your, your after-school snack thing unlocked this idea of like, what about making just like one fritter with it? Not yeah, like that's one small yes. fritter, but like, a, you know, a fritter that you can still cut into pieces and you bulk it up with some like shredded veggies and an egg and maybe a little bit of cornmeal or chickpea flour. Totally.
1: Or thinking of after school snacks, uh, leftover mac and cheese quesadilla or leftover mm. mac and cheese taco. Oh Maybe my God, little bit of, of the, like, ground beef. If you have a, like a little bit of ground beef from Taco Night, a little bit of mac and cheese, like heat them up together and put them like on a tostada. I mean, you could even make like a crunch wrap, right? With some mac and cheese in there. On a tostada Stacey in a taco, Billis. wrapped in a tortilla. A mac and cheese crunch wrap? Let's yeah. go! Let's do it! Let's make it happen! <laughs> That
2: like, sounds like the kind of thing that would go viral on TikTok for both good and bad reasons. Like
1: people would be like, what the hell? And, and also, could you do something and make it like I mean, this is weird, but Stacy here she comes with her toast, put it on toast or in a sandwich. Like if it's cold, can we bind it and like shape it into a block and then reheat it in like a nonstick pan and then put it between bread or put it on toast? A grilled cheese mac and cheese i'm down let's try know, right what's the like worst that can happen nothing nothing bad can happen out of trying to make it gives me of your mac and weird, cheese.
2: like college stoner dorm room vibes if i'm honest with you like i mean that is how kids also, would kids love to eat kind of they... like that <laughs> yes did we take have we taken it too far is this the place where we just have to go to our loving listeners community so they can say we're not that weird we're very lovely in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Let's take it to our community. We hope that you've
2: joined us there. If not, join for free at com backslash community. There you can also find all the details about becoming a supporting member of the podcast and get bonus episodes, meal
1: plans, and direct access to us. Who wouldn't want that after listening to this? <laughs> follow us on instagram where we are at didn't i just feed you a huge thank you to our producer samantha Gatsick. i'm stacy and i'm megan stay sane and well
2: fed until next week be sure to subscribe to didn't i just feed you wherever you're listening and don't forget to
0: rate and review